read about thought-provoking topics? Read along with a stress-free book club that fits into a busy lifestyle. From out of the pages to real life, explore the fine line between fiction and nonfiction as we pull from bestsellers that will change your life. Tune in to our bi-weekly book club of mind-bending and empowering stories hosted by Nova Lorraine, founder of Rain Magazine, and her two co-hosts, Toby Santagato and Barbara Donato. Welcome to a new season of Tuesday's Book Club, where we bring you best-selling novels that will change your life. These books will help you on your personal journey and or entrepreneurial journey. So if you feel that you're looking to grow and be inspired to reach your fullest potential, then download and subscribe to all of our episodes and please share with a friend. I am super excited to do another episode with my ladies, Toby and Barbara. How you doing, guys? Great. Yay. Hello. Wonderful. Sweet. All right. Well, we're kicking off this new season with a bang. This book I came across via word of mouth several times over the last few years. And about a month or so ago, it literally popped in my head like this is a book I need to read now. And as as we know, the books that we read and when we read them seem to be right on time, right? It's like perfect timing. This book was excellent. Yeah, definitely right on time. Yeah, I agree 100%. So I'm super excited to dive in so our listeners can (laughs) discover all that we are like anxiously waiting to share with them. This is a best-selling novel. I'm sure if you just ask anyone, if you read this book, most people are going to say, oh yeah, oh, I think I read that. Oh, I read that. And I'm thinking, well, what took me so long (laughs) to get to it? Because I really feel that it's life-changing. Like some of our other books, such as The Alchemist that was in season one and The Power of Now and The Autobiography of a Yogi in season two. I mean, there's so many good books that we've come across and not just the nonfiction but also the fictional stories as well. So this is definitely one of my favorites. I can't say any of the books that we've shared in all of our seasons I haven't liked, which I'm so so happy about. But let's dive into The Four Agreements. And for those of us that are joining us for the first time, we do a new episode every two weeks to give you time to get the book, take notes, and join in during our book club. And not just this book, that we're excited about. We have two incredible books coming up. One is The House of Gucci. So don't wait, don't hesitate. Go out and get that book now, guys. Uh, We already started reading it. We're not gonna do any spoiler alerts on this episode, but The House of Gucci. And then following that, we're gonna be doing Boundaries for Leaders. So for those of you that are looking to pick up some secrets and some new information, not the same old, same old, you're gonna want it listen in. You're going to want to read and follow along for that show as well. So let's see what the publisher says about the four agreements. According to Don Miguel Ruiz, everything we do is based on agreements we have made. Agreements with ourselves, with other people, with God, with life. But the most important agreements are the ones we make ourselves. In these agreements, we tell ourselves who we are, how to behave, what is possible, what is impossible. One single agreement is not such a problem, but we have many agreements that come from fear, 
deplete our energy and diminish our self-worth. In The Four Agreements, Don Miguel reveals the source of self-limiting agreements that rob us of joy and create needless suffering. When we are ready to change these agreements, there are four deceptively simple yet powerful agreements that we can adopt as guiding principles. Based on ancient Taltic wisdom, the four agreements offer a powerful code of conduct that can rapidly transform our lives to a new experience of freedom, true happiness, and love. And that's the summary from our publisher. So what do you guys think? Where do you want to start? Oh, dude, it's just so great. And I love, it's really is easy. And I like how it talks about how it, it's a layering thing. Like the first agreement is, I forget the percentages. Like if you can hit that agreement at 70%, like you can't do one, you know, you have to do one and then the other one and then the other one. But I don't want to spoil everything, but what did you guys think? I thoroughly enjoyed the book. I actually, the very first agreement, where it talks about speaking with integrity. That really hit me because the other day I was speaking to a group of women and I was using the word crazy. Like I kept saying, oh, this is crazy. That is crazy. And one of the women stopped me and she said, okay, I'm going to need you to stop saying the word crazy. And I was kind of confused. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, because what you're talking about is To me, not a crazy thing. She was saying how to her, the word crazy um, had a negative connotation. And for me to be talking about something so uh, positive, she felt like I should find a different word to just like a positive word to describe the situation that I was talking about. She was saying because words are powerful. Yeah. And we have to consciously make an effort to speak positively and use words that are forward moving. And I kind of, you know, it resonated with me. And as I was reading the book, I was like thinking about, because I had to reread a little bit earlier this morning (laughs) and I was rereading the book and I was like, huh, this, I was thinking about what she was saying and she's absolutely right. Even my daughters the other day, they were talking to me about, I say to them how they interpret it. Mind you, this is my nine-year-old and my seven-year-old that's having this conversation with me. And they were saying, my intention for them is not how they're receiving it. And it was because of the words that I was speaking to them. So I'm going to be more conscious of what I say to just anyone, uh, not just my children, because like the book says, speak with integrity and words have power. Yeah, that's so true. And I'm just going to back up a little bit on that first agreement. So in the book, the first of the four is be impeccable with your word. And before we even go further into the power of the word and oof, he gave so many examples on, on just that, but then reasoning behind it, which makes it stick. And I, opening the book, the, before the, the author Miguel Ruiz goes into the actual agreements, he shares information about the history of his people who are the Toltec and the Toltec are known throughout Southern Mexico as women and men of knowledge. And there is a group amongst this people called the masters. And in their language, it's the Naguals. And they pass on this knowledge. And he comes from this lineage of these masters, 
who the knowledge was carried throughout the centuries um, through this lineage. And I thought that was really powerful. So he sort of sets the tone, like I'm not just pulling this out of the air. And what's also really interesting is that according to his people, this knowledge has been kept secret for a long time because at one point it got into the hands of the wrong people and they were using it for their own selfish purposes or to do harm. And so they kept these secrets within the masters and the masters continue to pass it down. And he felt that it was time, their people felt that it was time to share it. So this is just some of the wisdom that this ancient group of individuals are sharing now with the world is what how the book opens up. And then it discusses the fact about the dream. So I want to just touch on that a little bit. I want to hear maybe Toby's perspective and or Barbara's perspective on how he, before he gets into the agreements, because the agreements are the extensions and the spokes of these wheels, which are called dreams that we are all a part of. So I want to just hear what your thoughts about how he sets the foundation in the sort of dream world that we're in. Well, I mean, we briefly chatted about it. It's funny how when people read books, everybody has their own perspective based on their own experiences. And I have uh, spoken in past seasons that I attended something called the Landmark Forum, which is like a self-help kind of I'm not promoting it. I'm just saying I, I got out of it personally. But basically, what was amazing about it, and I, I'm a, it's a life changer. So what I let me get to the point is about keeping your word. My my understanding of it really parlayed from that forum that I went to. Just like all of the seasons that we've had for our book club, I do feel like things have evolved, and I wouldn't be maybe I would read them differently. But because of the other books we've read, I'm so ready for this. And sometimes things actually come back and they remind you of something you lesson you already learned. So in that forum, the number one thing, and I believe in foundational work, meaning we can't have as much positive reactions to certain things that we should do in our lives if we don't have certain other foundational concepts, which is be impeccable with your word. And the way I took the impeccable with your word is a little bit further than even this book says. So To me, a lot of people are impeccable with their word, but it's circumstantial, meaning be impeccable with your word all the time, no matter the circumstances. And what's interesting when you apply the no matter the circumstances is that you build a foundation of trust with everyone around you. They know, and you know, that if you put something into the world, whether it's your intention and your word, and it's impeccable, impeccable means that it's no matter the circumstances. So you don't, if I say to you, I'm going to be over your house on Friday and something comes up, I'm still there because it's no matter the circumstances. And when then you look at the four agreements, he goes on to explain that you have this dream state and you live in this world where you've created these agreements that aren't necessarily agreements that you need to live in. It's a dream. It's something that you, it's like a fog and it's your decision to either live inside a dream or live in the now, which then brings back the power of now. So I just absolutely love this book. But when I was going through that forum, I'll never forget, I had walked into the gym and I'd looked around and look, if I want to be in shape, right, or I want to be a certain weight, then that should be my personal decision, not based on a dream or a society or an agreement. And I remember I had just finished the forum and a different forum, like a clinic, And it was talking about how we force ourselves into these agreements. Like if everybody 
agrees that being thin is the only way to be. And you live in a society in this dream world of being thin is the only way to be. And maybe you're not meant to be that thin. You know, it's not even your natural body shape. It's a form of agreement that causes an incredible pressure. And I remember walking in the gym, looking around and going like, oh my God, we're all living in this dream world of an agreement that isn't necessarily even what's right for us. And it was like a weird moment for me where you you have to live your life. And I think that's kind of the point. And you can't live your life if you're not being impeccable with your word to yourself even. And it, it goes on further, like, you know, I'm talking about word to other people, but there's also like a word to yourself. What am I telling myself I want to be and do? And then am I impeccable to that? So it's really powerful. Yeah, no, I yeah. love that. It was powerful. It is powerful. And I love how you mentioned that we're in this sort of dream state, this fog. And in the book, it mentions an illusion that the world is an illusion. And this fog or smoke doesn't really allow us to see things as they really are. And I think if we just start there, then it's easier for us to absorb and actually put into action what he says the first agreement is. So I'm just going to read what be impeccable with your word means to the author. Speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. And I'm just going to pick that apart because Barbara had spoken about integrity and her, her example of using the word crazy. And I was in a conversation yesterday with an entrepreneur, a woman who is getting ready to launch a collection, a fashion collection in the spring. And I was going to share the challenges of a startup company in the industry. And I, the thought was in my head. And before I let the words come out, I said, oh, wait a minute, let me stop myself and let me not put that into reality. Let me not make that the truth of this conversation. And then I just rephrased the whole sentence and, and it forced me to see the situation in a more positive way and share it in a more positive way. So she doesn't take it in as her truth. And just being that intentional where you're catching yourself, like in mid thought about always sharing truth and love and asking yourself, is this a fog that I'm sharing or is this really how it is? Or how can I speak the truth that I want to see or I want to hear or I want to experience while using my words? And he actually calls words magic and how you can use magic for good or use magic for bad. And he describes black magic and white magic and gossiping as one way of black magic and or being negative towards someone is a way of using black magic. And even just using the, those visualizations, I thought was so powerful because it made it stick. Like if you're saying you're ugly or you're dumb, he will say that's casting a spell on someone and using your words to cast a spell on someone in a negative way. So now they walk away thinking that they're ugly or dumb. And I was like, wow, just even using that comparison, I thought was really interesting and impactful. I was going to say briefly that and I don't remember where I learned this tenet and I don't always follow it, but I think we communicate very quickly. And so sometimes we say things that, that we want to like, like what you wanted to say to that person was to give her wisdom, but that's just what you learned, but that may not be her path. And I think if we slow down a bit and we just say to ourselves, am I making this person touch moved and inspired? Am I making this person bigger than they were before? 
And if our intentions and our word, which takes a little bit of thought and practice, leave that person touched, moved, and inspired and bigger than they were before they communicated with you, what a great way to live a life. And we need to do that more. I need to do that more. And it's just practice. But good for you that you caught yourself. Like that's not going to make a difference. Those wis- some of that wisdom is hard knocks anyways. And it may be that that person never experiences that. So touch, move, and inspire is one way you can have impeccable word with people. Yeah. And then even with yourself. Exactly. So Barbara, what are your thoughts about the author saying how we are, we abuse ourselves more than anyone abuses us with our own words and our own thoughts? Well, so going back to what I had said before, where that young lady had said to me how she felt like, you know, don't say words like crazy or we have to really think about the things that we say to people, you know, just like the book. I'm going to go back a little bit to the first chapter where he had talked about something along the lines of we are living currently in our own hell that we created for ourselves. Mm. And, and pretty much what the four agreements were is like a guide for us for, to actually create our own heaven here. And I'm just going to go forward in the book. I love the whole prayer and it was amazing guys, please read it. But the thing that I was realizing and two, asking it is given kind of brought this up as well, where we tend to be so used to the negative. And I think that that's kind of what he was talking about in the beginning, in the first chapter of the book, how we, we do abuse ourselves. We do talk down about ourselves. We do, we're very used to, what do you say? Something along the lines of that is not our biggest fear, but living. Oh, Yes. Yeah. Living is our biggest fear. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're afraid. Like a lot of times you hear people say the difference between a successful entrepreneur and someone who's like a worker bee is the entrepreneur dared. You know what I mean? He overcame his fear. You know, it's the only difference when something is uncomfortable, do it anyway. It's most likely going to be something that's going to set you free. Right. Right. And that's the beginning. That was to me what the first chapter was pretty much saying that we're very comfortable living in that fear. We're very comfortable degrading ourselves. We're very comfortable abusing ourselves and we're living in our own hell and we're comfortable being there. So when we're in a situation like, it's so crazy, like in the beginning, when that very first agreement, he says it, that this is going to be the hardest one to do, the hardest one to practice because we are not used to speaking positively. And if we get, this first agreement, I think he said we have literally improved our lives 70, was it like 80% or something like that? Right. That's what I was saying. It's like the number one thing. And you, it's not that you can't do the other ones. You can do them without this, but it's a foundational thing where they're, the key to happiness is that you have to. And I think what you said is true, Nova, even right now, I'm externally talking about the word, but the word to yourself is, is everything. Yeah, it's so speaking with integrity, impeccable. We are so used to, I don't think I can do that. Oh my goodness. I, it's like we're surprised when good things happen to us. Well, we should accept that as normal. Yeah, and I think some people may interpret speaking with integrity as, okay, I'm not going to lie to anyone. I'm always going to be truthful to someone. If I say I'm going to show up at eight o'clock, I'm going to show up at eight o'clock. That's not the point that he's trying to make. Right, right. He's really trying to drive home that, there is a level of dreams that we are in, that we are living 24 seven. 
and it starts with the dream of the planet. And he puts out there that the dream of the planet, the agreement that the planet has made is to live in fear. Like that is the agreement that the planet has made. And then there's the agreement of our societies. And then within that, our parents. And then when our parents have children, then they set another level of agreements with the children. And you come in, you're born into this world, and here are the rules of what to do. Here are the rules what not to do wherever you are, in the house, in the supermarket, in church, at the park, at your job, like all of these layers of agreements that have been put upon you. And based on those agreements, they may serve to your good or not. And that we are used to being in that victim place of of being the victim. Right. And we have to break ourselves out of that. And even this is another thing that I thought was interesting is he talked about being domesticated, that we are domesticated. I love that. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. my gosh. Yes. We've been trained a certain way. And that's what I was saying about before. The domestication occurs in that there's ideas that our parents and then their parents, it gets passed on. That's why it's nature, nurture, right? Are we, is it nature that makes us who we are or nurture? But some of it is just domesticated agreements. We're no different than our dogs being trained. Some dogs are allowed on the couch, some dogs aren't. And so we're domesticated with these agreements that our parents, they didn't do anything necessarily wrong or right, but they lived in those agreements that were those values. And so it's our decision to abide by those agreements And some of them are good and maybe they're comfortable and maybe we should because we like them, but it has to be our decision, which means you have to really look inside your own personal truth, get out of the dream, get out of all these different ideas of what should be and get to know yourself and then go do what you want to do that makes you happy. And when you're happy, you're infectious, you empower the world, right? So that's just it's, it reverberates. So I think that the, this agreement is so incredibly important to then hop on to the second agreement, which I love so much was don't take anything personally. I love that agreement because unfortunately I'm like one of these people that's very strong, but sensitive, which is a weird dynamic. Like my feelings get hurt and maybe people don't know that maybe people that know me really well know it, but I really try to hide that. When I was a very little girl, I had a, a bad back and I had to wear a back brace. And I had to wear it in seventh grade. You know that I started middle school in seventh grade because that's when we did it in Florida. And my mom came to me, here's an agreement, right? Here's what you learned. And it was a good lesson. I don't regret it. But my mom said, if you're embarrassed by it, they will eat you up. I hated it. And so I took my shirt. Here I am in seventh grade. I had just won this like beauty contest in sixth grade. I had a parade, this whole thing. And now I'm in seventh grade with this brace. And I used to tuck my tank top and my shirt up into my top of my top and let everyone see my brace. And I was mortified. But my mom said, if you let them see, they can't make fun. And they never did. Mm. So partly that was true. But what that took forward for me was that I then for the rest of my life, kind of showed this world like you can't hurt me and I'm a strong person. But deep down inside, that's not really true. And I give 100% of who I am to things. And so when I get negative feedback, I'm always very hurt. And this came at such a perfect time. I work in a business where people can be rude and mean, and I take everything personally, everything. And we just had some drama in our nonprofit and people were upset with me and I took it so personally. And, you know, I was texting somebody, I won't say who it is. And 
telling them congratulations and they didn't answer me. And I took that personally. And then I read the book and I'm like, wait a minute, that is not on me. I'm being a good person. I'm being supportive. Don't take it personally. For all I know, they're going through something that's, they didn't answer me and it's nothing to do with me. Or they didn't answer me and it has something to do with me. But I don't have to wear that on my chin. We can't take everything personally. And so, but the problem is we can do that outside of keeping our word to ourselves and others, but it's not as powerful unless it's in conjunction. What do you guys think? I agree. I mean, according to Miguel, he says, don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. And I resonated with that story, Toby, because that's a lesson that I've been working on for myself and my own personal growth. And going back to the first agreement where he talks about that self-judgment and how we are the judge, (laughs) we are a tyrant to ourselves because if we do something wrong, we don't forgive ourselves and, and let it go we continuously bring that memory back and bring that memory back and we create actions based on that past action. And what he's saying is let go of that self-judge. And if you do that, you're not going to immediately feel sensitive to someone else's negative comments or actions towards you. Right. Because you're not judging yourself, right? And if you're not judging others, you're able to let go of things so much more easily. And like you were just saying with that example, well, maybe their phone just fell into the sink and it broke. Right, right. Or maybe they just got some bad news or maybe they're so busy and they're running around in the supermarket and that's why they didn't respond and they just glanced and they forgot about it. But whatever it is, whatever that circumstance is to not take it personal. I remember I was sitting with a friend and I don't even remember what it was. I think I wanted to change course of something. I don't remember what it is. And I said, and this was just more of like out loud, I'm thinking out loud. Why do I care so much about what other people think? That was my question. Why do I care so much about what other people think? And their response back to me was, okay, I want you to describe yourself to me. So then I started describing myself and I'm a mom, I'm this, I'm, I'm you know, an entrepreneur, I'm a designer, I'm a writer, but and I started all these things. Then, and they just listened. And after I finished describing myself, they said, okay, I want you to remove all of the labels and now describe yourself. And then I sat there I was like, huh, this is different. (laughs) And then I just felt this weight like lifted off of me. And then I said, I'm creative. I'm passionate. I'm empathetic. I'm loving. I'm giving. I like all of these wonderful adjectives just came flooding out. And it just made me feel so full and so good. And we don't even know that we're walking around with these labels that come with these expectations or these agreements that may or may not be congruent with who we really are. And it's so important for us to lift that fog and and not care because let's just say, for example, the label of I'm a mom. And in my mind, the agreement that I made to myself is a mom has to have dinner on the table every single night before the kids get home and it has to be hot and it has to taste perfectly every time, whatever, whatever. And that one day that it was either not cooked or not prepared perfectly or whatever, all of a sudden I'm a bad person because that was the agreement that I made with that came with the title of being a mom. And when we remove the titles, we remove those agreements. 
So even just something that simple, where we may not even know subconsciously the weight that we're carrying around each and every day, and we judge ourselves based on these imaginary, invisible agreements that we made with ourselves based on whatever we learned or whatever we took on for ourselves. I was thinking about one of the things that he said. He said, others are going to have their own opinion according to their belief system. So nothing they think about me is really about me, but is about them. And it just led me to, uh, there was a situation that I was just kind of listening in on where a young lady was very upset because someone was bullying her and their way of bullying her was to unfortunately talk about her parents who are no longer alive. And they, they thought it was something they would just hone in on that. Mm. And she was very upset about it. But I was reminded of the fact that this very person that was bullying her with the situation, he himself, his parents passed away and he ended up in foster care when he was very young. And I was sitting here listening to the conversation and what she was saying. And I was, I really felt compelled to send her a message just to let her know hurt people hurt people. Like he's seeing his situation. He's seeing his situation. He's seeing his pain in you. And he's seeing his, you know, whatever he went through in his past in you. And he's probably just, it's displaced. He's probably talking to himself as he's saying these things to you because he's angry about maybe losing his parents, maybe the consequences of that being in the foster care system. So anytime this gentleman knew that someone had lost a parent, that was the first thing he attacked when they got into an argument. Right. I love that. Yeah. And I told her, I said, you know, I sent her a message and I was like, look, don't take it so hard that this person is saying these things to you because it's not about you. It really is about him. And thankfully, because I had already read the book and I was, I was letting her know, like, remove yourself from that situation, kind of detach yourself because he really is speaking to himself. And she kind of was like, yes. And I hope I, I gave her some semblance of, you, you know, just some semblance of comfort because the reality was listening to this person, that's all he did. And you could hear the pain in his voice. That's so true, Barb. Well, I love how you mentioned that the advice that you gave her is included saying he's talking to himself because in the first chapter in the first agreement, he says, the words you put out is as if you are speaking to a mirror. And if you judge others, that means you judge yourself. And to the degree that you judge others is the degree that you judge yourself. And so he doesn't even realize that by being negative to her or bullying her, he's bringing that back to himself. And I think that's so important it really, this book really centers around self. And so often we look to the external for relief, for answers, for what have you, but it starts with self. And I think this is a great transition to the third agreement because if someone is calling you names or putting you down, you're, and if it hurts your feelings, that's a clear example of the fact that you're judging yourself, but then you're also making assumptions that they're talking about you. <laughs> and the third agreement is don't make assumptions because as Barbara was saying, he's looking at life through his lens, through his experience. And if you don't know that background history of him, you have no idea why he's even spewing out these words. 
And we don't walk in each other's shoes and we each have our own perspectives. And so it's so important for us not to make assumptions. But Miguel says, find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. Wow. How many times do we make assumptions? Someone's late to an appointment and you're expecting them and they're calling the person this name, that name. Oh, they're never on time. They're this, they're that. And they're making assumptions. Well, for some individuals culturally to show up on time is an insult. So if you never even ask the person, why are you late? Right. You'll never even know that culturally it's not polite to show up exactly at that time. Well, and I think that the assumption piece, it really gets intertwined with don't take anything personal because when you take something personal, you have an assumption that it's about you right there when often it's nothing to do with you. It's to do it. Actually, the whole book, they talk about it's about themselves. Anything we do is about themselves. And another lesson I had learned over my lifetime that resonated with this was at times I would say like, I do that, but I don't really want to. I do that, but I don't really want to. But to be honest with you, I don't do anything I really don't want to. And we assume other people as well, well, they don't really want to do that. But we're the assumption doesn't, it shouldn't be coming from us. So when we assume something, we're just juxtaposing on them what our thought process is and our agreements and what we think. And we're not communicating in a way that's in the present moment in an authentic way. And so if you're making assumptions, those are based on your values, not on their values. So you have to be very careful. It reminds me of when I was in the military, one of my sergeants would say, don't assume because it makes, you know, a butt out of you and me take the butt away yeah. and start with an A. <laughs> and he would say that to us because one of the things that I learned and one of the things that he was trying to get us to understand is to ask questions. Yes. Don't assume, just ask the question, uh, be direct. You know, he says it takes away a lot of the headache. Yes. And it makes for a clear conscience. That's what he used to say to us all the time. And it stayed with me for so many years, roughly about 15, 20. But yes, and I learned, and I think we experienced this before when we've assumed something 90, you know, a lot of the times we're wrong (laughs) (laughs) and we find ourselves going doggone it. You know, we should have just asked them, hey, what do we need to do here or sought clarification on something? Because like you stated, Toby, it's based on our belief. It's based on on what we feel and what we think. And 90, a lot of the times that person probably has their own belief system and they're doing their own thing. And it it could just be something really small that we've overthought because we're overthinkers. And we created some a mountain out of a mohill. What do you think, ladies? Yeah, I think that one of the things that happens with assumptions too, and I think one way to get around it is, well, I think human nature is to communicate with an agenda of what should come back to you, right? And there's an assumption that you already know what should come back to you, what the person's going to be thinking, what the person's going to say. And so you're not really communicating with an open field. So instead of putting an assumption in place that you know what is going to happen, what's going to occur by that communication, 
take the assumption out of it and communicate freely without any expectations of what you're going to get back and really listen. And it opens up a different kind of dialogue. Yeah. I like that a lot without the expectations of what's coming. Right. And it's so interesting how each of his agreements build and sort of put the exclamation mark on the last one, because if you're not taking something personal, you're not going to be afraid to have those difficult or awkward conversations because no matter what they say, you're not taking it personal and you're not judging yourself based on whatever they're going to say. And you are speaking and acting through truth and love. So why not just ask the question? Why not get clarification if you're coming from a place of love? The gentleman that you use as an example, Barbara, that was bullying this woman with the parents that passed away. And if she asked, why are you speaking to me this way? Why are you speaking to me about my parents? It hurts my feelings if blah, blah, blah. Or I don't agree with how you're speaking to me because the less you take things personal, the less your feelings are going to get hurt anyway. (laughs) So, you know, maybe you just don't agree with what they're saying. And just by saying that small statement could possibly stop him from doing that to other people. So I love how it builds with don't make assumptions because it's so easy for us to, well, why is this person not saying this? Or why are they talking to me this way? Or why don't they ever give me gifts? Or why don't they get right. it done? There's so many. And then we like, well, it's because of this. It's because of that. It's because of this. And here comes the judgment again. It's either self-judgment or you're judging others. You're judging them. And so each of these really intertwine with each other. And that's what makes this book so powerful. And we're not always going to use each of these agreements or think about them all the time, every day. But if we just start applying just one, just take one and apply it each day. And then as that sinks in, take the other and apply it each day. And then literally it is transformational. It's absolutely, I mean, just like that first agreement about the word and how powerful our words are. So let's go into the fourth agreement, which was a little different from the last three. And it was like, oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. Didn't see that coming. Always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstance, simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. The four agreements sound simple, even simplistic, but try keeping just one for an entire day. And that's from Miguel Ruiz. What are your thoughts about always do your best? Yeah, I mean, I try to do my best, but I I mean, not try, I believe I do my best. But I think that sometimes, depending on the dream you live in, you can actually feel like you're doing your best, but you could do even better than your best and you kind of beat yourself up. So I think that's kind of the line that I struggle with is, did I do my best? Maybe I could do better than my best. And I always feel like I could do more. And I I beat myself. I don't know how that works into this ladies, but I do feel like I'm hard on myself. And why didn't I do more? Well, let's look at that, Toby, because best is is the end point, right? There's not better than best. It's just... (laughs) If it's better than it, then it's not your best, right? So if best is that end point right. and you know and believe in your heart that you did your best, then you can let go of everything else that comes after that. Yeah. Because there's nothing more to give. If you just squeeze the last drop and the last drop means your best, there's nothing left in the jar or the bottle to give. So you just walk away. So I think it's that freedom of letting go 
But when you're like, I'm just going to put half in it. And then, oh no, the cookie jar fell off the counter because I only put half of my attention to placing it properly on the counter. Then the judgment comes in. Right. That if you took the time in that moment to place it where it's in a safe position and who knows, maybe the cat jumped on the counter and it fell off. Well, you did your best. You put your time and attention at that moment in that present time and everything else is out of your control. And it's, again, it's like letting, I think for me, this is how to let go because the judgment sinks in when you feel like you sort of half-stepped it or maybe it didn't come correct or whatever. Maybe you didn't use the most positive words. That's not doing your best, you know, whatever it was. And so if you, in every circumstance, do your best, if it's spreading the bed, if it's going for a jog and whatever that best is, if you're only at 50% today, your best is going to be at 50% and don't judge yourself for that. Like we were talking earlier that I just was really low energy. I'm getting my iron levels up and I'm doing much better. But there was a period where I just had nothing more to give and it was at half of what my usual output is. And then I could have easily slumped into, oh, I'm this and that. And I just had to reconcile myself at the end of the day or in that moment, like, this is all that I can do right now. And I need to just be okay with that because I just don't physically have that energy level that I normally have and just let go. Well, you know what I thought was really freeing? And I think it's, I got to, I'm going to write it down on my little (laughs) scratch pad. And I forgot till you said that is that every day is a new day to define what you're going to do. If you, and that goes back to the power now, but they talked about it in this book too. Like I, my husband's on this diet. He's been on his diet his whole life. And he had this goal that by his birthday on the 21st of November, he would hit this weight and he actually was doing really well. And then he hit a big hiccup and he probably won't get there now. And he was throwing, what's that saying? The baby with the basket, the water with the- Oh, he got to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And, yeah. So, <laughs> and I said to him, cause I'm listening to this book. I said, it's not. So yesterday it's over. Like that doesn't carry to today. Your best at that time, it's very freeing if you just let go. Your best will be your best that you have today. And if your best today isn't the best of your best, but it's what you did and you gave your heart to what you had available, tomorrow it's it's like a restart. And they talk about the restart. And I love that because you are not going to keep these agreements all the time, but it doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means that that's what happened then. And now we get to do it again because God graced us with another day and we don't have a tomorrow guaranteed. Nobody does, but we have today. So every moment, even moment by moment, you can restart. Okay. Well, that was then let's go. Here we go. Oh my goodness. That's like one of the favorite things that he wrote in this book was when you surrender and let go of the past, you allow yourself to be fully alive in the moment. Letting go of the past means you can enjoy the dream that is happening right now. What can we just read? <laughs> yes, I love that. You yes. know, Eckhart Tolle. Yes, it does. <laughs> 100% sounds like the power of now. Yeah, yeah. oh my God, right? Like, it's, yeah. like, we only have this moment. Yes, totally, totally. I had to smile when I read that. But it's true, it's like, one of the things that talk about doing your best is, there was something that I talked about with my son. And I, I said to my son, I said, I can sleep at night knowing that I did my best raising you. Right. Sometimes we as parents always in the moment while we're raising our children, where did we make the right choice? Did we do this? Did we do that? And, you know, when I said to my son, you know, I, I think about 
what I did with the knowledge that I had and seeking more, I did the best. And I told him, I said, I, I can sleep at night knowing that so that when you go out, I can sleep at night knowing that I raised you to make the right decision. I love that. And I want to read this other section in the book. All the sadness and drama you have lived in your life was rooted in making assumptions and taking things personally. Take a moment to consider the truth of this statement. The whole war of control between humans is about making assumptions and taking things personally. Our whole dream of hell is based on that. And mic drop. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. And I really appreciated the example you just shared on parenting. And as a mother, I feel that having spoken to a lot of mothers, we do criticize ourselves and in the moment of, okay, are we doing what we can for our children, for our family, for the household, for this and that, while balancing our own dreams and our own aspirations. And I think that's an important note to be impeccable with our word to ourself and what you shared, Barbara, with, yes, I did do my best where I was at that moment in time with the knowledge I had, I did my best, period, done. And that was being impeccable with your word to yourself. And with this hell that the author describes that we're living in based on taking things personal, based on assumptions, you know, let's say your son failed out of school, which in our society, the dream of our society is getting straight A's and graduating um, high school or college is a checkpoint in terms of success. And so let's just say, for example, someone's child didn't do that. And the parent now is taking that personal, that the child's failure in their grades and academics isn't a personal attack on them. And making an assumption that maybe the child didn't care enough or didn't study enough or whatever it was. Well, maybe in the child's head, that wasn't the truth. That wasn't part of their dream. That wasn't part of their reality. So it didn't really matter to them as it mattered to the parent. And so we do create these living hells for ourselves when we realize the assumptions we're making and how many things we're taking personal. And so going back to that first agreement, which the author says is the most important agreement by starting there with always acting through truth and love, being impeccable with your word to yourself, and then of course others. Because if you can't do it for yourself, you are surely not going to do it for others. <laughs> right. And also, Nova, what's important to know is that if other people are communicating in a certain way to you, and you don't take it personally, because you know that they're just emanating from themselves. So if you talk to someone and they're not in a good place, why are you taking that on to you? That's right. You, know, you just shouldn't. Wow. This book was so simple to read, easy to read, quick. By audio, it's two hours. If you're a fast reader, you can get through it in an hour. There is no excuse why everyone on this planet should not read this book. It's so powerful. It's so simple. You can literally, the minute after putting it down, you could put it into action. And so I highly, highly, highly recommend this book. I have told at least 10 people to get the book, to read the book. (laughs) I asked them if they read the book (laughs) and it's only been a week since I finished the book. So it's definitely going to be one of those that I keep passing forward. So I'm going to actually tell you what I'm going to do when we get off this call. I'm going to, I have actually a a chalkboard and I'm going to write the four agreements on the chalkboard because I want them in my face. I I want to be reminded. Great idea. That these are, 
I feel like when I'm in a great place, I'm so much more infection. It's like a, a good infection to the world. So you touch, move and inspire other people and then they touch, move and inspire other people. And it's like a domino effect. So mm. it's not just about me. It's about, and then everything that comes to you bounces off you and you just build people up and then they build you up. And it's, that's what the point of it all is. And you guys do that for me every time we do a podcast together, every time we talk. And I'm so grateful to both of you for being in my life. It's made the difference. Well, I have to say echo, ditto, ditto, ditto. And I love how the words touch, moved and inspired. That's really resonating with me. And I have a friend who says that all the time and she says it in the most passionate way. And to hear you saying it, it keeps bringing me back to her. And she's so giving and so infectious with her love and her truth. And I love that. So what I'm going to do next, because I know we want to share what we're going to do next now that we finish these books. And I love that. So I'm going to adopt that too, Toby. So thanks for that inspiration. You've inspired me. I'm going to share the book with each of my children and do a family read. Oh, those are fun. Yes. And I'm not going to just leave it up to them to get around to it when they get around to it. I really do want to go through the journey again with them together, because I feel that if they're able to get this wisdom this early in their life, how transformative it's going to be for them moving forward into adulthood. And I'm really excited about that. So that's one of the next actions that I want to take with the book is I want to read it again, but read it with my four children and have those conversations aloud and how we're going to use these agreements and changing our lives. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I love that. I love that, Nova. And I think I'm going to take a page from your book and I'm going to do that with my two older ones. Nice. My little ones, not yet. (laughs) But I think I'm also going to extend it to my beautiful sister who is going through um, a transitional period in her life right now. And I talked to her about the book. She just reread The Alchemist. Oh, yeah. She talked to me about it last night. She goes, sometimes she goes, that's the kind of book like you have to read like on a quarterly basis. Yes. (laughs) No, seriously. 100%. Yeah. So I am going to talk to her about this book and actually I talked to her about it yesterday, but I'm going to get it for her. And I think we're just going to discuss it. And I I think this is going to be the next step in her journey because I really love this book. Well, you know, Barbara, I have to tell you something. When I did Landmark, my daughter Arielle was very little. They had a teen forum that Charlie went to and actually my Alex went to. But the funniest thing, you're going to laugh. I'm talking, she was like your kid's age, maybe slightly older. She would always be around the conversation because it was a, a, like it was many, like over a year, we actually attended a lot of seminars because we loved it. But the funny thing is she almost got as much as we did and as Charlie did by being around the conversation. So when you touch, move and inspire and you're an impact to other people, And when you guys read this book or you read it with your two older children and your other ones are around the conversation, they're listening. They always listen. Little kids, they listen. So it's amazing how you'll see that reverberate through the entire family, not just your kids, not just your husband, if you take, if he does it with you. But when you have a conversation like this, it's powerful for everyone, even if they're just in the room or they're just witnessing the changes. I agree. I put the book on, on a trip to 
visit my daughter at college and my husband was in the car, older son and a friend of my daughter's. And so I said, Hey guys, hope you don't mind. I'm going to listen to this book. And after uh, about an hour, hour and a half, we're about 10 minutes out. I stopped the audio and everyone's like, Whoa, wait, what happened? Is it done? Like, why did you say that? I love it. <laughs> They're like, wait, did something happen? It's not finished, is it? Yeah. And I was like, no, oh no, gosh. but I want, I, this is a good place to stop. And I just want to hear what you guys think. And <laughs> just that little clip that they listened to which yeah. was transformative for them. And to hear this young 18 year old, I think she's 19 actually, um, young woman reflect on how just one agreement is going to impact her life was powerful. And that's what this book does. Like you, even if you're just listening to it around other people, they may never even mention anything to you about it. Or if you're talking about it, it will resonate with them because these agreements are so powerful, so simple, so powerful. They are simple. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to write it down. I love that, Toby. So I'm absolutely going to write the agreements down and have it up and viewable. So it's just a constant reminder. And I want to just use this opportunity to wrap up the show. Are there any last minute words of wisdom that you want to share with our listeners, ladies? Just leave everybody touched, moved and inspired and they'll, that'll reverberate back with you. Love that. And my, if you do the audiobook, the very end where he talks about the deep breathing and in the prayer at the end, I just, I loved it. And I actually found myself doing it every day. I'm going to re-listen to that, Barbara. I'm going to listen to it again, for sure. Oh, that was an incredible meditative prayer. It really, really is. Yeah, don't skip out on the very end of the book, guys. You don't want to miss out on that. Absolutely. And just really appreciate, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, appreciate the little things. Appreciate the little things yes. is, is what I got out of this book, too. And just be grateful for what all the wonderful things that yes, he great. talked about breathing and just the air is a gift from God. Mm. If you knew tomorrow wasn't guaranteed, if you knew tomorrow wasn't even going to be there, what kind of life would you live? It'd be pretty big. So live a big life like tomorrow's not there. That's right. Create a new dream, right? And just when you were saying that, I'm looking out the window, I'm looking at these beautiful oh, wonderful colors on the trees, the oranges and the auburns and the yellows. And how much more vibrant they became just by listening to that, oh, if tomorrow wasn't there. Like we right. see the world through more colorful lenses. Like it'd be just everything around us becomes amplified in a really positive way. It does in a great way. Be impeccable with your word. Be impeccable with your thoughts. Don't self-judge. Don't judge others. And if you have not yet subscribed, please subscribe to Tuesday's Book Club. Join us for our next book, House of Gucci. And it's a pleasure, as always, being with you. We're exclusively on the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. And I want to thank my lovely co-hosts, Toby and Barbara, for joining me again on another episode of Tuesday's Book Club. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.